a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Motorcycle Superstore Racer X online podcast. Appreciate it, everybody. Thanks for listening. MotorcycleSuperstore.com. They are a passionate team who speaks moto. From talking about going riding, bench racing, to the latest parts and gear, MotorcycleSuperstore.com has everything you need to get out and ride. 700 trusted brands. If you go there and you order some crap and you punch in PB-Pulp16, uh, you can save at MotorcycleSuperstore.com. 700 brands, like I said, tons of stuff. And uh, they've got Fox Racing gear, too. And this podcast is presented by Fox Racing. Foxhead.com, global innovation leader in motocross racewear. Uh, Kenny Roxon, Ryan Dungy, some of the guys that wear Fox. Um, and uh, we appreciate you guys uh, listening to the show. Appreciate it. This is the Motocross the Nation's wrap-up. MotorcycleSuperstore.com, Foxhead.com. And uh, we'll talk about the, what happened in Italy. Everything that went down in Italy. USA lost again. Five years in a row. And uh, so it's not... Uh, but this year was a little different. It wasn't exactly like the other years. To discuss that uh, with me and more, uh, first up, uh, my boss at RacerX Online, the voice of uh, GNCC, the voice of American Motocross, the voice of Endurocross, the voice of Quad Racing, and the voice of probably something else, the great Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege? Yeah! What's happening? Uh, can't wait to be able to go to the nation. Thanks, Jared Glenn Helen. That's an easy flight. Oh, family. Can't wait. Can't wait to actually see one of these. It's going to be great, right? Oh, Glenn Helen. Hey, what better cure for a five-year uh, losing oh, streak no. for Team USA? They, Home cooking. They're going to absolutely whoop up on everybody at the famed Glenn Helen track with those big, massive hills and the American fans right behind them, packed to the gills. Uh, it's going to be great. And you don't have to worry about weirdo weather conditions. Like if you held the race in, let's say, England in yep. that time of year, there's yeah. a chance it would rain. But Glen Helen, we know, no chance. Yeah, I mean, Matterly Basin. all fall into their hands. A track like Matterly Basin, their weather is so unpredictable. Yes. So, Glen um, Helen's going to be 100 degrees. Yep. going to dominate. Uh, also on the line with me from WPS Fly Racing, German Supercross champion, Montreal Supercross champion. He was at the Motocross Nations with me. Jason Thomas, what's up? I don't know what's the matter away with you guys, but it's not a Glen Helen. What? What's the matter away with Glen Helen? Nope. What's... Your worst fears have come true. We should you Going just say to England? We should you just say what's the matterly with Glen Helen? Jt <laughs> said what's I the matterly with, with you guys? Oh, I didn't catch that one, but I did catch the Y guy. Very brilliant. Very good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was good. I was good on stealing JT's joke. I was solid. Uh, yeah, way to steal it, like, right away, too. Like, right away. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's such a joke. Let's talk about that first before we get into the uh, into the race itself. I mean, okay, I get it. You're 
you're going to hold USGPs at Glen Helen. You're going to talk about Bud Felkamp being your partner and growing it and this and that. And I get it and all that. And for a long time, it was kind of TBA. People were whispering that it wasn't going to be at Glen Helen. People were saying it's not going to happen at Glen Helen. But then they put a press conference together uh, October or August uh, 9th or something um, saying Glen Helen is the motocross of the nations. We're super excited. We're all going to be there. Uh, Glen Helen was selling tickets, as a matter of fact. And no. Yeah. Yeah, they're selling tickets. Oh. Yeah. And um, then it was announced like yesterday uh, or two days ago, Glen Helen's out uh, due to poor attendance. But yet the same people said there was 27,000 people at the USGP. Like, I'm so confused. It's not going to be there. It is there. There's 27,000 people. There's nobody there. Like, seriously. I just, I just laugh, Wygant. It, it makes me laugh. I'm, I'm like, what are you guys doing? Whether it's Glen Helen, whether it's Ustream, you're all clowns. You're absolute clowns. Plus, if you're really saying, if the real reason is just that 27,000, which may or may not have been 27,000, I mean, we're either saying that they were overly optimistic or liars. Um, I'm not sure. It just didn't seem like there were 27,000 there. <laughs> um, but either way, whatever crowd was there, it's insane to say, ah, USGP didn't really draw a crowd. The nation is probably going to be a flop, too. It's not even the same. Absolutely. And now this is where people are going to get mad. Because I'm about to say, this is not saying that the riders in the GP series are not world-class. I'm not saying they're not fast. I'm not saying they're not good. But I can unequivocally say that American fans do not care. They do not care about watching Tim Geister or Roman Febra or Antonio Crowley ride. They pretty much don't. A few do, but for the most part, having a race in the United States with those dudes. The only draw of Glen Helen at all was Eli Tomac was racing. And Jeremy Martin was doing on a Honda. That was pretty much it. It's not even remotely close to the level of interest there would be for motocross. Of no, no. Because the, when we go into the nations, most American fans know who's on Team USA, and they discuss that a thousand times over, and they literally couldn't name the three riders on any other teams. So you just can't base it on a GP. The GP stars don't draw Americans. They just don't. They haven't for 20 years. The nations is different. Absolutely. Like, I, Yeah, why would you think... Why would you not think it would be packed based on, on look, Colorado was pretty good and Bud's Creek was insane. So, and uh, Bud's Creek had 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 two USGPs. They had USGPs in '94 and '99, and the crowds were horrible. And the donations was good. Right. I just I, I I laugh. These guys are just and then you know for for you see you stream to come out and be like Glenn Hell when, when they were talking about these GPs. Glenn Helen's our partner. You're going to have a motocross to nations. You're going to do this and that. We're going to expand our our USA races and we love Bud and everything else. And you just like literally the only carrot for Bud Felkamp and Glenn Helen to hold these USGPs that cost a shit ton of money is like I hope they give us the motocross to nations. You know, and maybe they give it to us at a little bit of a break. Um, you know, because, hey, you've seen how it goes, and can you cut us some slack? But nope. Nope. Thanks for nothing. Um, JT, thoughts? It sucks. I think uh, the biggest thing I'm bummed about is I think we had a chance to get the key guys. I think we could have got – Oh, of course. Yeah, Tom absolutely. Mac for sure. I think we could have possibly gotten Dungey. I think we could have gotten Roxon. I think we – you know – all the big stars, all the guys that were like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Too much going on. I don't want to go to Italy or, you know, England or wherever in the off season. It's just too much work. 
the timing's off. Uh, I think we would have gotten those guys, and now we're not again. And that that's that to me above all else. Um, you know, having the race in America is cool, and all all that stuff. Um, I think the biggest loss is going to be that we're losing star power again. Yeah, it's just look. I have no de- look. Glenn Helen. Okay, they are cheap. They love money at Glen Helen. And, and and so whatever. That's their right. Everybody does. Yes, I love money too. Yeah, I don't turn down jobs, neither do and certainly Wygant doesn't. Oh God no. Um but No, I'm cheap. I'm very cheap, yes. Yeah. But but like Glen Helen is I, I figure out that this thing basically worked like Okay, we lost our ass on every USGP we've owned uh, we, or we've had, and um, you know, hey, can you help us out with the with the fees for the uh, motocross nations? And Ustream said no, and Glenn Helen just like, you know what, we're not going to lose a shit ton of money again, so we're out uh, basically. But there had to be a common like ground here where those two people can meet and be like, look, I, I'm I'm happy to assume some risk. And Ustream's going to be like, well, we're happy to maybe not take our normal fee, uh, but to have it in the USA with Team USA, it does nothing but help the event. And, and but no, neither side could could figure that out. Neither neither side wanted to do it. And um, so I, I pox on both their houses. I'm not coming down on one or the other. I'm coming down on both of them. I, I think it's uh, it's a joke. Uh, uh, maybe a little more on Ustream because Bud has shown some. Uh, the owner of Glen Helen, Bud Felkamp, has shown some loyalty to those guys by holding these races that are basically. Um, you know, ghost towns. But Weed, you're absolutely right. The people would come for for an MXDN. Do you agree, JT? I mean, the people will come. Oh, absolutely, I do. it's like yeah, you can't. They're not. They're incomparable. They're basically like different events. If you build it, they will come. That event has a completely different draw, different feel, different vibe, different uh, attraction level. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't go to either MXGP that was in America. The USGPs, zero interest for me. I went to all yeah. four. I went to all four. It was yeah. Uh, yep. I flew across you know, the globe to go to Italy for yeah. an event. Yeah. So that should tell you basically my but thoughts how on do you, what most people's thoughts are on. How do you have a press conference? How do you announce it and a month and a half later pull the plug? It was before the USGP. Did they think the USGP was going to, hey, we've had three of them and no one has showed up. Has showed up. You I know what, though? I hoping Tomac would change that. This fourth one, it's on. Like I, I'm sorry, Tomac would change that. But I mean, you knew that, JT. I knew that. Why again? You knew that. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I would have did. had zero um, delusions about that. About Tomac bringing in thousands and thousands of people. Absolutely, it's not wasn't going to happen. So I don't know what they were thinking. I just, I just, when you hold a press conference and then you say it's going to happen and you talk about this partnership and this love of, uh, you know, and this, and then you a month and a half later you cancel it due to poor attendance. I, I just, I just, it's well, brutal. The, 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 the surprising thing to me was I know, you know, and, and we know things are going on behind the scenes. There's a lot of plotting going on for, you know, the American market uh, between multiple entities right now. I was a bit surprised that uh, the MXGP contingent wasn't willing to invest or take a chance on basically just, just the investment side of holding the motocross nations here and, and gaining more of a foothold. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I felt like it was just another step in the, the plan that they want to enforce as far as getting more involvement and more USGPs and more of a footprint in the USA. On an investment level, I think, uh, I think it would have been fine. If you're just looking at black and white and dollars and cents short-sightedly, 
Sure, move it to Matterly. That's what I mean. Um, the, 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 there there had to have been a middle ground here where everyone can, if your plan is to keep going in American and having more races, then you needed to make this work. Right, and and I I get this. I mean, the business side, it's you know we do this all the time at the brand I work for. There's you know in the next year we're going to lose money on some of our projects, but long term it's the right move. You know, and I feel like I I honestly feel like MXGP. I don't know whose call it was, how much if it was all Bud's call and you just said, no, we're out, or if, you know, Giuseppe and Bud got together and decided it was the best move for everyone. But I think long-term it was the right move to keep it at, keep it at Glen Helen um, and, and take the chance. Because I really do feel like the turnout would have, would have totally made sense. I think everybody would have came. I know I would have been there. No. And I think the riders would have turned out more than they have in the last few years as well. There's no doubt when you go to the USGPs and you talk to the the GP racers and the journalists and the team members, they are stoked to come to America, to Southern California, you know, to race and everything else that Southern California offers and the vibe of being in, you know, the heartbeat of motocross where a lot of their sponsors come from. Um, they love it. And they all would have come up for, for MXDN, you know. Everybody would have. So I'm talking about the American superpower guys. Oh, yeah, like, them too. Even even the Euro guys that race in America. Those are the guys that are really missing. Everybody else is coming. I, I don't have any doubt about that. I'm talking about the guys that have been missing lately. Yeah, yeah. We have to. We were already a week ago. We were saying, hey, does Roxon come back and race next year? Does he finally race it? How could he not race at Glen Helen and he won't be switching teams? Uh, so yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's always so much heat on Dungey and Tomac style guys not racing it. But I don't know what goes on in Germany. But is Roxon getting a free pass for his fans? Like, he doesn't race it either, which, but which almost teams. proves Dungey yeah. and Tomac's point. I give I give Roxon a break. He's hurt last year. He had some some back surgery, I guess. And then um, uh, switching teams has made it. Switching made it, teams. I, I I fully believe that. I mean, Amar switching teams, so I was a bit surprised well, with that. But a different level of guy. Yeah, I, I give Roxon a pass. I do, and I, I would give I uh, Tomac a pass. I would, and, and when he switched from KTM to, to RCH, um, if you're switching teams, I get it. You know, but well, I'm just saying. Eventually, it's been, it's been. We don't know. He, he's had an easy out for three years in a row, and next year, oh yeah, it wasn't going to happen. So we're going to see. But my point just is, as much as you can say. You know, I don't care, Dungey or Anderson or whoever, these guys should race no matter what. Well, there's, as JT's saying, the European riders that are living in the United States, they do the exact same thing. Like, they don't say, hell or high water, I'm racing the nations for my country no matter what. It's like, nah, nah. Um, the only guy I will give full credit to, the one guy who has done that, is Chad Reed. You remember him flailing the his first race ever on a Suzuki and riding horribly? And I would have been oh eight. Yeah, like, in yeah. England. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it was Donington. I think it was Donington, right? Yeah, he's like the one guy I feel is like whatever, man. I got to race the nation, so whatever my situation is, yeah, I'm still doing it. Yeah, um, good. yeah but the but um, it would have been interesting to see if Roxham would do it next year if we were in California. But now that it's not. Yeah, I think you're not only removing the potential there might be some Americans that skip it, but again, some other riders that live in America that aren't American. I mean, that race needs Ken Roxon also. I mean, that's a huge loss to that event, just like not having Dungey. Yeah, no, I agree. It's been yep. uh, it's of all been... the riders who got a pass or don't get a pass. Who is the most excusable for missing this year's motocross nations? Roxon. Yeah, I think Roxon is. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I think the only one I don't. Give a pass to is Dungey. 
I think Tomac, you could make a case for it. Yeah. Because I think he just basically, that was his decision not to go. But he would have been racing nonstop. I think Dungey's really the only one I would say, yeah, I don't really agree with your decision to not come. Dunn's got no flack. Anderson, Anderson, same thing. He was hurt. He came back. Dunn's got no flack from anybody. I I was really surprised. I think he deserves some, honestly. And I like Dungey. It's not a personal thing. I just think he should have taken, if, if others are taking heat, he should have absolutely been taking some heat. I don't think he took any. But, no. Yeah. Don't you feel when Dungy got hurt and we heard he was out for the season, you know, probably wouldn't be out of until August, I get the sense it was almost like a, a figurative, like, fist pump, like, sweet, now I don't have to deal with any of this donations well, uh, that I've gotten yeah, the last I mean, couple of years. It was really interesting that Alden said that Racer X interview was a six- to eight-week injury, and his nations was, like, literally ten away at the time. Or and, more. And, and he wasn't even did you know know thought. And, and Alden's like, yep, yeah, no, no destinations, we're out. And I'm just like, really? Oh, oh wow. What's that, JT? You notice they were very – ah, forget it. What? Go ahead. Nope. What? You, you're going to get in yeah, trouble if you say – seven times, and you were talking. I'm good. Okay, we'll wait till you're ready. Uh, what's, uh, how, was the, how was the racing this weekend? Did you notice – that's what you were going to say. Uh, I said, did you notice how careful that they were with posting any riding of Dungey? He had been riding for a few weeks before they really posted much on social media of him riding. And I think it was, I think there was a, a little bit of Motocross of Nations in there involved in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, let's not, because people are going to immediately blow me up, like, why aren't you there type deal. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. no, if, if he's riding this early, then surely you can be ready for Motocross of Nations, right? Well, he's racing you know? the SMX Cup this weekend. Right, no, exactly. Yeah. I'm just saying, I think, I think they were I think there was a little bit of that, of that in mind, like, hey, don't post me riding anything too early because he had been riding a couple weeks, like two to three weeks from, you know, people I talked to before I, there was anything online about mm-hmm. it. Um, and I think Monster, you know, Monster directly told Tomax, hey, this USGPs are more important than more Nations. And they're like, what? And But whatever. And I guarantee you, if the people at Monster, if they were talking about it, they're like, you know what? Eli, we're going to make Eli ride the two USGPs, even though he only has one in his contract. We're going to make him ride both. And he's not going to bow out of this nations. He's not going to want to take that heat. So we'll get him. We'll get him for that race, too. I think, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think they were playing a game of chicken. Yeah. And the Tomax are like, no, nah, no, nah, we're out. So, yeah. Um, anyways, interesting and really shitty for the, for the fans in, in the USA. To, to lose out on this designations. Um, so, like I said, a pox on, on both places for, for, make, for, for having this fall through after an announcement, after selling tickets, and after getting everybody excited. So, um, I do apologize for saying, uh, apparently, the, the insight you got there was that Feldenkamp was looking for a reduction in fees. So, it wasn't just that they were saying, you only got 27000 for this, and that's not enough for a donation. It's him basically saying, even if I get a large enough crowd, I know I'll get a bigger crowd, but I still need your help. And... And yeah. for whatever reason, I can work it out. Well, I don't, well hold, hold on, Weech. We, 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 I, can't, I can't confirm that's what happened. That's what my own theory is, is that, hey. Oh, that's just your theory. This oh, is my I theory. Told you. My theory is like, hey, can you help us with this? Like, yeah. we're, we're gonna, we're, we lost our butt on four USGPs. Can you, let's, let's, let's meet, let's talk a little bit and try to, and, and, and I imagine, because if I know one thing about the people of Glen Helen, they are, and and this is fine, but they love making money, and they do. And so, I imagine that's where it went. They were like, "We're going to lose our asses again. We may on this designations." So, um, 
Anyways, bummer deal for sure. All right, so uh, Motocross to Nations, Weege, you got up early and watched it. JT and I were at the event. Um, this one was different, though. JT was still upset. There's no doubt. It's still very, very upset with, with Team USA losing. But this one was different. Like, in, in uh, they, they, just, they got outroaded a few races. They had some bad luck at other races. This one was just a weird, weird this Nations. I... Cooper Webb crashed with a lap and a half to go to to lose it for USA. They were two points. I almost just like I said in my observations and and, and everywhere else. This was amazing that they were in that position. Weege, is that what you th- is that where you take it or Weege? Are you a uh, are you a ah no they blew it. I'm I'm not really either. Um, first of all, I can't say that just because they struggled on Saturday means it was a miracle that. They were in it on Sunday. Like, they shouldn't struggle on Saturday. The goal is to not be 15th on Saturday and then say, hey, well, we started so badly at the fact that we got better. Uh, like, the goal isn't to improve. The goal is to win. So I don't really put much of the – they sucked on Saturday, so the fact that they did better on Sunday was enough. But at the same time, I don't feel like they blew it. Like, they did as good as they could. I mean, it really came down to – They didn't have a rider. Yeah, they didn't have a rider. I can't say the team blew it. Yes, I can't say the team blew it at all. Um, yes, I agree that the fact that they were going to win the event, even with Anderson in the hospital, was miraculous and amazing. And because of that, there's no way you could say they blew it. That would be really harsh. But, um, I mean, they, they were the ones that didn't ride well on on um, Saturday, although I know that there's definitely, and I'm sure you're going to rant on this, some blame on the random draw of the gate pitch for those qualifying races. Did not. No, it's, it's, I mean, I wrote it all in my call. It's an absolute joke. JT, are you with me on that? Did you read what I wrote? Uh, yeah, it's pretty, uh... It's just a joke. It's pretty amateur hour, I think. Oh. For an event of that magnitude. And whether and whether USA um, gets number one, I, I would say the same thing. I, this has nothing to do with this year. I've been saying it for years. You spend so much time and money to go to this race, and so much effort, and it's so important. And literally, from Saturday morning on, you could just be fighting uphill the whole way because of ping pong ball. Yeah, MotoGP, they, uh, they, they assign a grid according to ping pong balls. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's just, it, that's a joke that they do that. I, I, I don't know. Hey, Valley, sorry, man. You're going to be on uh, row seven this week. That ping pong ball gotcha. Well, this is, yeah, I mean, that would be more for qualifying to be apples to apples, but yeah. But still, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, it's it ridiculous. And totally rude, um, you know, set the weekend off on the wrong foot. Weege, where are you at on the blame pie on the Anderson incident? Well, we're just skipping right to that. Um, well, I mean, I think, so. I think yeah. that's the big news. That's the big news. The test I the test I give for a lot of these things is um, occasionally I'll make my wife watch something who is totally clueless, <laughs> and because like we're too close to it or we know too much or we have too yeah. much perspective sometimes. So the first thing she said was, "Why didn't he jump the jump? Like, yeah. why would you not jump the jump? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what happens if you don't jump the jump? You get landed on." And I'm like, no, it's not really like that. And she's like, why? I'm like, because it just doesn't happen. Like, guys roll the jump at the finish all the time. It's not a problem. She's like, well, why isn't it? And I'm like, I don't know. It just isn't. Well, how would the guy behind know that he's rolling? I don't know. I just know that it's not supposed to happen. I had no – I could not come up with a logical reason to why that's not dangerous to roll the finish line. So – as we know, guys roll the finish line all the time, and it's usually not a problem. But the fact that I could not verbalize any reason why what Anderson was doing was fine makes me think, yes, that maybe he shouldn't have done that. It's, again, certainly not all his fault. Not all his fault, but <laughs> I can't take him all the blame out, right? 
JT. Uh, is your wife Japanese? First question. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> I was so angry with her, she almost went into an internment camp. And, and really, like, uh, R.I.P. Irv Braun, where was he when we needed him to yell, Kamikaze Pilot? Yes. Like, <laughs> Irv loved nothing better than with Narita or uh, who's the Yamaha guy uh, that Holly worked with? Um, um, Kokita. Kokita. Irv loved nothing better than yelling the Kamikaze Pilot while they were, <laughs> while they were up on the track. It actually happened, uh, yeah. Poor R.I.P. Uh, yeah. Irv, because he would have lived for this moment. This would have actually been a moment where he he could have really uh, shown. Um, you know, in wrestling, when you're hit from behind um, without looking, you know, from behind, and when you don't expect it, when you're blindsided, they call it a Pearl Harbor job. So I was like, oh, here we go, Pearl Harbor job. Uh, Villeman was on our on our pulp show, and like I I was saying, like seventy thirty, blame pie. Uh, towards the uh, Japanese rider, uh, Villeman is saying, "No, it's 100 percent Anderson. What's he doing? Why is he doing that?" <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to go that harsh on Jason Anderson after just winning the moto and and you know wanting to take a time to to celebrate and be and be revered. But uh, yeah, he he you know he does definitely the DV to be the most polarizing answer you could ever come <laughs> right with. right. Um, Can we just officially say death DV being DV? Can we just start saying that? <laughs> He's like uh, he's like a, a Skip Bayless. He's the Skip Bayless of Moto. Yeah, LeBron's a choker. Rex Ryan. LeBron's a terrible player. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Listen, man, I, I haven't raced at this level at all. So, JT, I just defer to you. You've been over finish lines in all directions, either winning races. You've probably been in the position the Japanese guy was in. What, what is the guy there? Why is it okay or not okay? <laughs> he actually I, he cleaned out uh, Daryl King. On a finish yeah, line. landed on Daryl and Shane King in New Zealand. Same thing. Oh, how did you live to tell? <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily how they were so killed? stunned by my aerial assault that they uh, they weren't able to get up and pound me into oblivion. Shane King is literally oh, four. Shane King is. Shane King is literally four Jason Thomases. Like seriously, like stacked, <laughs> stacked wide and tall. Like the, the, the block of a block of JTs is what Shane King is. He's like that, whatever that guy is on, on uh, Game of Thrones, that huge guy on Game of Thrones. I don't watch it, but yeah, yeah. Um, um, no, uh, this particular incident, I, I do think there's a there's partial blame to both sides. I think Anderson got caught up in the moment and and not being aware that there were people behind him. Um, and I really think it comes he did look down over. to as he hit the face of that jump, though he did look over. Yeah, I think it comes down to him. It was kind of, I think if, if he had done it correctly, it would have been fine. If he'd have rolled over the jump and then rolled like one hand up and gone. But I really think when he took both hands off the bars, he raised both hands up. And when he did that, obviously he took his hand off the throttle. And the way that jump was, I, I ran the whole track, so I stood there and looked at it. First, I looked at it from behind the jump, and it was completely blind. The, the face was so tall that there's no way the Japanese guy could see him. And I looked, I stopped there. That was the finish line of my lap that I ran. And you could not see. No way, no how could he have seen that Anderson was there. So that's one. Two, when Anderson took both hands off the bars, coming up over the rise with no, no hand on the throttle, he's obviously going to come to a stop or near stop, climbing up that with no throttle. And he was going slow to start with because he had come to a complete stop, as Steve wrote, cresting the first jump. So he went much, much, much slower than even much. probably he yes. wanted to. So 
I, I just really think it was a combination of like every single thing going wrong. And it, it, I, I kind of relate it to like uh, an airplane crash, because if you ever talk to pilots or NTSB investigators for a modern day airliner to go down, there has to be like a hundred things all go wrong because they have so many redundant systems. And this is kind of what I think it was. If Anderson took one hand off the bars and has one hand on the throttle, he's out of the way. If the face isn't so steep and the Japanese guy can see him at all, he doesn't land on him. He he varies his line and goes a different direction. If Anderson doesn't come to a complete stop on the first jump, like where Steve was saying, like he thought maybe something was even wrong with his bike at first, he doesn't get landed on. If Anderson goes faster down the mechanics straightaway instead of like, you know, kind of waving at the mechanics, he's out of the way. It was like every single thing you could attribute to going wrong. If you take one of those out of the equation, this doesn't happen. But as we've seen with disasters like this, they all lined up and it all went wrong. Um, that doesn't take away the fact that he rode a hell of a moto. Oh, no. my God. Yeah. What a ride. What a ride. Broke oh, his yeah. foot. You know? like Yeah, the, the speed was really, really impressive to me. He rode really well. Like, he dropped his times. You know, the first couple laps, he was putting two seconds a lap on those guys. Uh, but the most impressive aspect of all of it was that he took everything that Hurlings had and, and didn't he didn't flinch at all. And I know her, I know Jason Anderson is one of those guys where he doesn't probably fear anyone. That's why he's, he can go out and win Anaheim one, you know, the mo, the biggest pressure cooker of the season. The next Jeremy McGrath. Um, what's that? The next Jeremy McGrath. Well, I just think he's, he's, he has that personality where he's yeah. kind of like F you, you know, to anyone. And that, and that plays out in his off the bike persona as well. Um, so I think he has the right outlook for that situation. Like Jeffrey Hurlings, who's that, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing Yeah. where he's not, he's not intimidated at all. And and you could see that in his writing. He never gave an inch. He never acted like the moment was too big for him. Uh, he wasn't, he definitely wasn't scared of Hurlings or the pace or anything. You know, when Hurlings got there, he was like, okay, well, that's great. You caught me, but you're not going to do anything with it. Yeah. That's kind of how I saw it playing out. So his mental poise was was more impressive even than the the physical um, riding in my opinion. Anderson needed to get a 6th in the uh, in the last moto um to win with Cooper's 10th. If Cooper falls and all that, he gets a 10th. Anderson gets a 6th. I 100% believe USA wins if Anderson lines up. Do we do we all agree? 100%? 90? Yeah, 5%? 100%. Yeah, because I, I don't think JT? there's any way Cooper Webb crashes. Okay, yeah, yeah. I but, really don't think. But let's say he I does. I think the pressure caused him to crash. Okay, but let's say he does, yeah. But Anderson gets sixth or better all day long. Yeah, because sure. so much happened in such a short amount of time. But as Anderson was going toward the finish, I actually looked down and started already trying to do some math and then even tweeting about it. And the next day I know he's unconscious in the weeds. But the team had, a, I think, a five-point lead after that. If they had a five-point lead and they had just won a moto – and Webb was their other guy coming up. I would have to think that the other teams would have felt a little bit like, all right, well, it's kind of over. Right. There's no wind in the sails for anybody else. Yeah. So well, there's a million different things. And then, yeah, Webb probably has less pressure. It is it was probably going to get easier, not harder, in that third moto. Uh, MotorcycleSuperstore.com, Racer X Podcast with Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas. PB-Pulp16 is the code to save there. Uh, motocross, this nation's talk. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast. Thanks for listening, man. These things are going great. 
and I'm stoked with the responses from everybody, and uh, you guys have been doing a great job with the downloads. Don't forget the Fly Race and Moto 60 show on Thursdays, the Pulp MX show on Mondays, the NFAB Racer X Fantasy show sometime in the middle of the week, and a Motorcycle Superstore, they're a passionate team who speak moto. If I'm talking about going riding, bench racing from the latest company ride to the latest parts and gear, this is what drives them to be a place for you to check out all things motorcycles with the top brands and gear, accessories, tires, parts, and apparel. If you want to save there, they got everything you need to get out and ride. Go to the website to check out their in- inventory of brands, uh, over 700 of them. Do you speak moto? If you do, go to MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Use the code PB-PULP16 to 10% off participating brands. PB-PULP16 saves you money. All right, let's get to these commercials from Racetech and Michelin and MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Thanks for listening. See you after the break. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you... And probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, Their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiff is that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, on the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this, 
Um, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting traction handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out at the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. But, hey, ifs and buts were candies and nuts. Anderson did get landed on. He did not line up for the third moto. Cooper Webb did crash. And the USA lost. Uh, Wygant, what, how angry do you think JT should be to, for this loss compared to other losses? Like, if you had to say level of anger for JT, because we know he takes these things very personally. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be less angry uh, if I were JT. And I've had a couple people ask me, they're like, oh, man, what a heartbreaking way to lose, right? And it is true that there's nothing worse than losing under ridiculous circumstances like this. When I think we all know they would have won, then Anderson gets landed on, which, you know, maybe now as we look back at it, you can put, put, point some blame on him. But I think the first reaction was, what the F? He did his part. He won the moto. What's this stupid lapper doing? Like, in the heat of the moment, it's not his fault at all. They had it ripped from their well, grass so, when they should have won. Someone, someone, tweeted, However, someone tweeted about that. that? No, I'm just saying. Someone tweeted about yeah, how yeah. Anderson was to blame right away and got really ripped on on Twitter. Interesting. Well, he probably doesn't uh, get along with Anderson in the first place. Okay. Um, however, I feel that this is a better way to lose. As ridiculous as circumstances are, and as much as that should hurt more. Ask Anderson if it's I a better way. Is, <laughs> That? Ask Anderson if it's a better way to lose. Uh, I, yeah. I know what you're saying. I'm kidding, but I, I know what you're right, saying. Right, right. Yeah. What, what I say from my perspective is, yeah, I think for the riders this might actually be worse. But the part that gets me most angry when this race ends and the United States doesn't win, I try my best to, to try to check out as far as being a fan because i got to cover the thing. And it's, I'm kind of jealous of JT that he can just own it. But i got to park that. And what gets me mad is on the years where the USA guys just get straight up worked, like uh, Lommel, uh, Tall wasn't great. Yeah. Um, those ones, that's when you start getting all these American racing's lazy, the tracks aren't rough enough, they focus too much on supercar. Well, that's when we start getting all these theories as to what's wrong. What's wrong with bikes, teams, trainers, tracks, events, schedules, personalities. Mm-hmm. Here we don't get any of that. We just say, damn it, they got unlucky, but they were the best guys. So I would prefer this a million times over. I haven't heard any theories as this week as to the national tracks need to have less prep so we can win this race. I have not heard that. Finally. <laughs> uh, having said that, the USA's bikes, once again, didn't look great. They never do at they do this not. race. They, did, they just don't. They just, whatever. No, no, they don't. But, again, this is, this is what I'll just keep hanging my hat on. Is, are the tracks rougher or just shittier? Shittier. No, they're shittier. Thank you. Yes. Thank I, you. That's what I believe, JT. Do, what, what, do you? Uh, yes and no. Oh, um, sh- I think, shocking. I think shocking. You say yes and no. Coachenthal, yes. Shitty. I thought Latvia track's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Majora yeah. was good at times during the weekend. The second moto, it was beat to shit. Or the, I'm sorry, the final moto. Yeah. Um, but as a whole, USA tracks versus Euro tracks, USA tracks are much better. Uh, does that make for a good racing environment at an event like Motocross Nations? I think it hurts us, but uh, I think the tracks are overall better, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I get argued with that because 
people say that we need more variation, we need different services, and I can't really argue with that, but I think you can take different services and make them better than you generally see with a lot of the Euro tracks. Did you tell Jeff Meyer that when you were yelling at him in the press press tent? Um, no, that was more about his general outlook on racing <laughs> or, and him as a person. <laughs> or he said USA was going to the B final, and it was yeah, it was... yeah. We had a heated exchange uh, where I think the most heated it got was he poked me in the chest, and I said it would. It, my best advice is for you not to touch me again. Yeah, you're both um, shorter gentlemen. Got to that Je- level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, both shorter guys. Jeff's probably a little stockier. Let's see what would have happened there. Older though, yeah, Jeff's there would have been older. Tables flying because I wasn't going down. Like he would have had to knock me out cold for me to stop. <laughs> well, it was in the peak wow. of. I had a lot of emotion going because yes. Anderson had just gone down. Yes. Uh, the Anderson thing had just happened, and obviously there was a. You know, I was. I felt horrible for Anderson. I'd almost just gotten a fight with an Italian guy because he was leaning over Anderson trying to take pictures of him while he's, you know, obviously not in a good, a good place. So I let him have a piece of my mind, and then he had a few choice words for me. I so that escalated pretty I don't quickly. Stand, I don't, I'm not on your side on that, JT. I know you told that story in the Pulp Show. Like, like okay, it sucks. But, like, what yeah, about, bro, like, you're a but fan. Simon Cudby. You get your camera out of his face. Simon Cudby would be doing the same thing. This was not Simon Cudby. Well, but it doesn't matter. Fan. What's the difference? A picture's a picture. This guy's not media. This guy's an Italian asshole. Okay, well, has a Simon Cubby would be an American asshole. Face. I mean, Simon Cubby would be an American asshole. I didn't it, see uh, Simon Cubby wasn't there taking pictures. I'm just, we, where do you stand on that kind of stuff? I guess they would say that you give out the media pass based on you're an experienced person who knows where and when to be where you're supposed to be. So fans don't. So I'll, I will go a little bit on JT's side to say there's a difference between what should be an experienced person on the track with access versus some random? But Cudby would, or anybody, we're going to signal out Cudby here, and he's probably going to hear about it and get all mad at us, but uh, any photographer would be there taking the photo of a downed Anderson. They all would be. What, was he, JT? Yeah, was I, don't he think when, I don't think when medics are all over trying to assess someone, I don't think putting your camera in there is the best move. That, that's yeah, my personal okay. opinion. You can have yours. I think there's a time and a place for it. I, I don't. I think, think there's a time and a place. second. Yes. I don't think it's right. I agree. There's a time and a place to me, Steve Mathis, but photographers in our sport would be all over that. Maybe not. Okay, I wasn't well, there. Then but... I think they're wrong, too. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Right. This guy was not a media. He was not no, no, yeah, he he was a just, media vest. He didn't right. have a camera. Right. He's not a professional photographer. This was for his own personal Instagram, which I don't feel is, uh, I don't feel that's right. I feel okay. like have some respect for the dude and don't get, don't involve yourself, you know? All right. I'll have to agree to disagree. Um, Anyways, uh, Weege, who was the most impressive rider to you? Uh, for the weekend? Yes. I like, by the way, I like Wheeler's pick of uh, Strybos. I think that was a really good Yeah, as a, uh, as a jackhole pick. Well, no. The most impressive? No, he wasn't the most impressive. But I like putting him in that conversation. A 3-3, you cannot give someone a win mode. Well, and, and, most impressive. And but, he, he moved forward to get that 3-3. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He moved forward. Um, you know, maybe we'll get back to him in a bit. I mean, it just wasn't an awesome performance overall uh, for Whip. It wasn't, I don't think, as good as he was last year, for example. No, no. Um, you know, he was making it happen in that final moto, and he was in position. But, um, I mean, it wasn't glorious. It was good enough. But the Stripe did get him. 
But, I mean, I got to think that the best guy overall, I mean, Hurlings is probably the fastest guy in both motos he was in. So how do I, how do I argue that? Uh, well, uh, well, apparently. Van Horby did a great job. Apparently, I, uh, I'll, I'll argue with it to you. But JT thinks Hurlings. I thought Faber was better. Faber was a, disagree, not, yeah. not better, the most impressive rider. Uh, I would have loved to seen Faber get that third moto start. But I think Why he would have. Why do you think Faber was better than Hurlings? I did, read that in your observation. Did you see Faber in the first moto? Like, catch Caroli and drop him? Just see you later? Did I you mean, see Faber not be able to do anything with Webb for 25 minutes? Dude, he, he, was, he was 15th, 20th off the start. He was probably like. No, no, the, no. Yes, he, he was. was. Not 20th off the start. He was not 20th off the start, bro. He was pretty far back. 15. He was ahead of Paul in. 15. Yeah, he Paul not, in. Paul in got a terrible start too. Absolutely. Yeah, they both did. I, I, I thought Faber was going to do much better in that third moto, even anything, with that start. Let's put it that way. What's that? Jay? What? What? Leach? I thought with that start that he would do more, even more with it. And really? The track was apparently hard to make passes on. Yeah, track was. Eventually, get the fourth, but it wasn't the rage. Oh my God, this guy's just going to go at like an animal. Yeah. Um, that I okay. thought based on what, yes, that's yeah, what I, was impressive, those passes he made. I can't say that you guys saying Hurlings is wrong. Absolutely not. I get it. Yeah, for sure. He'd be 1B to 1A or whatever. So um, I just liked Hurlings' overall weekend. Yeah. He, was, he was pretty much the best guy every time he touched the track, which was well, impressive but, to me. But Anderson beat him. Couldn't get by Anderson. He was better than Anderson. I know he beat him. I you get know? it. Well, yeah, ever yeah. got fourth. I mean, lots of people beat him. You know, I'm just saying... Hurlings was visually on paper with lap times. He was the fastest guy on the track every time he was out there. Yeah, I would love to see Fairbairn get the start. What about a vote for JVH? I'm a huge proponent of having a. I think the 250 position is the most important part in mm-hmm. this event. Um, but this sport isn't used to having any sort of strategy or thought or planning whatsoever. So no one even thinks about this. They just think, oh, just try to win the motos. That's what wins it for you. No, if your 250 guy kills it, you get a huge advantage in points. And I believe Van Horby was six points better than anybody else in MX2. Now, I know he had the good gates. Amar had the bad gates. Yeah. But whatever. He rode awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've been saying it for a long time. JT, you've heard me say it on the Pulp Show. Like, I don't understand why they don't put 450 dudes on 250s. And you're like, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. And and, and Tomac told me directly he would do it. But, I mean, Wardy did it. Hannah did it. Okay, well, Osho did that's it. fine. If, they're, if they want to do it, I'm all for it, but I don't, I don't think when it really comes down to it that they're going to do it. I think Tomac telling you he would do it is a, is a far cry from him actually showing up at the race. Uh, I'll give you that. You're okay. right about that. I did ask RV if he would do it, and his reply was, F not. Stupid Dun- F and Dungey has to do it. If I was, <laughs> like, that was his reply. So that's where we would go with that. Like. What's the problem? Is it pride of, like, uh, if I have to ride this bike, I'm probably the best I could do is fourth Dude, or fifth, and I want to win? You're a hero either way. Like, whatever you do, people are like, oh, right. God, yeah, you stepped down. You're such a man. Thank you. Thank you. You know? Here's the point I make on the points. Nowadays, they count everyone's overall finish. They used to count your class finish, which was much more fair. Now, they stupidly decided 250F, you get ninth, you get ninth. Yeah. You suck. You got beat by 450s. That's actually going to hurt you. So, with that being the format, and this is what I'm saying, like, Anderson rode his balls off in, the first, in his first moto, and he managed to beat Hurlings, which was a massive accomplishment. Congratulations. You gained one point. Yeah. You gained one point yeah. with the rod of your life on yep. the Dutch. Van Horbeek was gaining four to five points a moto by merely getting fourth and fifth so, because 
you get all these 450 shoved in between. That the race is so often decided on that. A German or a Belgium was screwed because their third guy had no chance. But ordinarily, that would have given them a massive advantage. Um, yeah, and and give the 250 guy the inside gate because he's so important. And you have all world Jason Anderson and all world, um, you know, uh, Cooper Webb. So. I, I, I don't I think know. For like the program to winning the moto is the most important thing because that's what we're used to in every other race ever. I just feel like uh, I just feel like Roger. I just feel Roger's been on the part of so many winning teams. It's hard to question him, but I feel like his team choices and his the gate pick stuff that they don't think enough about this. You know. Hold on though. Here's one set of circumstances Team USA has against them. They have too many good 450 guys not racing to even have this option. They don't have this option. Like. That's, they, they can't really do it. Like, it's so bad they had to have the 250 guy race at 450 two years in a row. They don't have the option. Yeah, well, yeah, all. yeah, lately. I mean, can't one of the 63 people in Team USA gear get together and figure some stuff out? You know? All. I've heard some complaints about that, yes. That's not the most organized process. <laughs> they don't pit together anymore, and that's – Mitch Payton has always, he's always said this the last few years. Mitch is like – I don't know why Roger doesn't do that. We should all pit together. We're a team. Everyone should pit together. And they used to for a long time, and they haven't for many years now. Uh, Yamaha guys with Yamaha, KTM with KTM, you know, Husky. And, and, and Mitch is big on we're all a team. We all need to be there. We all need to pit together. I don't know if that means anything. JT, what do you I mean? I don't know. Do you think that's OEM driven? Like saying that? No, like, yeah, like the OEMs are like, no, we need to have so. our guys Wouldn't together. it just be Roger being like, hey, this is what we're going to do? Well, I don't. I don't know. I mean, Roger's not God, you know. Like, he. I'm sure he can't just enforce oh, anything and everything oh, he wants to do. Why right? would the OEM say, "Hey, you cannot pit"? Like, I don't see why they would say that. Because there's marketing. They want their teams marketed for. You know. I guess. Okay. I, I don't know. Well, it might even yeah. be cheaper or logistically easier too. To yeah. to do it we each that do, way. Yeah, they have all the Yamaha parts in one place. They have all. The, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. yeah. No, for sure. Together. Well, but they used to not. You know, they used to pit together when they were different OEMs. So, yeah. um, Weege, uh, I would prefer that. Me as a fan, I would prefer Team USA to all of be together, you would. all you, talking in between motos. Yeah, all you would be in the compound. You'd be locked in the compound with them, with your Team USA gear. God, you got to let that go. Um, Weege, like a struggling uh, hockey team, which I know you're a big hockey fan, uh, does this fall on Roger? Like, hey, we got to change the manager? Did, 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 we've lost five years in a row. We used to win all the time. Roger, you've lost your, your touch. we we got to get, uh, um, you know, Bevo in there or somebody? No, yeah, there you go. Um, that worked out well. Um, no, because I think my, my guy Chase Stallow here on the website made a phenomenal point when we were talking about this on either Sunday night or Monday Hold on. morning. That's, that's an oxymoron. Phenomenal point I know, and Chase I know. Stallow. I, I, you would not expect it. But – when they struggled on Saturday, I'll, I'll bring it to you. They struggled on Saturday. I think the assumption is Roger needs to get stick a boot up these guys' ass and get their get the fire lit. It's always something like that. <laughs> I know people, people don't understand that, right? Yeah, right. And then when Anderson, um, it's, it's not Bill Cow. It's, hey, it's not Bill Cower on the sidelines spitting in your face. Roger just yelling. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. And then Anderson. Here's Anderson knocked unconscious. A scenario that we've never seen before ever. We're mm. a team. Takes the lead in the event, that guy wins a moto, and then they don't even know if he can go to the line in the third moto. So there's got to be mass chaos, right? Mm -hmm. And Roger goes on the studio show to be a guest with Emig. And he's like, I do not know what is happening. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I didn't wait. That's the first I've heard of that. Oh, you didn't know this? (laughs) No. And I'm sure it was pre scheduled, like before Moto 3, Roger was like to have you come in, and he still did it. 
Oh my! Now, I don't know what to say. To that. <laughs> well, well, I, JT, I this would take you aback. Like, can I get a reaction, yeah. JT, to this? He probably didn't know what was happening. <laughs> I like the honesty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Now listen. This now sounds like I'm saying Roger wasn't doing his job. But here's the point. I'm like, why? What this blows your mind this much? Is um. <laughs> So funny though. I mean, like in your, like, hey, you're the whole team. You, <laughs> team USA is in chaos. <laughs> I've never seen you act this way. Rogers on TV. <laughs> I mean, I, had, I can't imagine the mad scramble they were under, trying to like let Webb know, or should we not let him know? Should we take the pressure off? Have to put the pressure on. We need to do some math here. And there's Roger. Doing TV. However, I'm crying. However, here. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Before this is, I feel like he had more free time. They only had one guy to get ready. There was only one guy left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we're gonna, uh, do you think this is, out is, is, wait, is this? Out <laughs> we're going to have Belichick come into the booth. That's what I'm saying. Or in the timeout. That's what I'm saying. Like, is this something Bill Belichick would do? Hey, uh, br- br- the Gronk is unconscious. Bill, to the sidelines. We need to talk to you. Oh, I didn't know this. I wish I would have known this for Monday night. Oh, sorry. It was awesome. Oh. However, my guy Chase Stella made the greatest point. He's like, it doesn't matter what Roger says. That's not how it works these days. These dudes have trainers and man friends who have been grinding on them every single day of the week, all year. Every day they're up training, every day they're riding, in between every moto. That's who they respond to. Like, if anyone's going to discuss anything with Webb to figure it out, it's going to be his three-man friends, Swanepoel, Bobby Regan, Yamaha dudes, his mechanic. Like, they don't all of a sudden just helicopter in Roger for a dude that he's probably never talked to probably all year. And then all of a sudden he's going to be the one to turn his performance around. They just go to their massive entourage that they usually go to. And there's probably nothing Roger can really do to affect that. I mean, when Cooper struggled on Saturday, what's he going to do? He's going to go to the guys that helped him in other races he struggled and fixed it before. What's Roger going to do? So I don't think it really has anything to do with the team manager in this day and age where every rider has nine dudes with them already. (laughs) I didn't know. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. I I had no idea. (laughs) I mean, look, I'm not in the camp that Roger – I'm asking that question because that's out there. I agree. I've been on the Team USA team. Roger didn't do a whole lot, okay? Um, So I, I understand it. But I, I think maybe the TV appearance was a little much with your rider unconscious and, you know, everything up in flux. Uh, yeah, you know. Well, Roger's always told me that the media is very important. <laughs> I appreciate that. And, I mean, again, he, you know, Roger is so matter-of-factly, too. He, he would just be like, he is out. He is unconscious. Go Cooper Webb. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's <laughs> no – Roger's pretty – calls it like it is, you know. So um, I do feel like in general, though, I will say, and I don't know if you can blame this on Roger or just the, the, the way the sport works or not. I feel like there's a general, <clears throat> this is the one race where there actually is some strategy involved. No, there like is. In yeah. general, both yeah. of the teams don't really even think about that. They just go out there and race. Yeah. Hmm. 
Oh, um, I'm still trying to. A great point is that, you know, Webb shockingly didn't even somehow, even with Anderson not out there, didn't even need to beat Fabra in that moto, which seems ridiculous if the math worked that way, but it actually did. Yeah, but, you know, Fabra ended up getting Searle at the end for the win. So then it would have mattered, right? But then it would have mattered. You know, but, I mean, ifs and buts and who knows, but. Um, JT, you think Webb, you you made mention earlier, like Webb's crash you feel like was due to being pressured by Febra. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I I do I do think that. I think it changed everything. I think it changes tightness. I think mm-hmm. it changed his mindset where he was, like, you know, I think it opened up every every chance for a mistake there. Yep. Right. I think it changed everything. Um, I think their whole the, I think we lost when when Anderson went out, I think it played out later. Yeah. You know, it became yeah, yeah, apparent, yeah. but I think we lost in that moment. Uh, JT, we were talking to a member of Team USA after the race. Do you remember that? I don't. Mm-hmm. We don't need to say who it was, but sure. Um, they were kind of harsh on on Amart a little bit. I felt. Um, yep. Was that rightfully so? I mean, he couldn't track Sewer down in the second moto, uh, and Van Horbeek was not far ahead of them, and Amart went uh, second overall in MX2 with two bad gate picks. I was kind of like a little bit like taken back, like, oh, I don't think he was that bad. What do you I don't s- think he was that bad. I saw his points, though. I think he was, uh, he was frustrated with the fact that there were three or four guys in front of him, basically the entire moto, mm-hmm. and he really Which never is true. was able to do that anything is true. with him. Yep, they were basically there. That's right. Yep. You know, so I don't think it was so much that he rode poorly. I just think on that stage with that much at stake, man, you've just you're hoping that mm-hmm. he steps up to the plate and gets a couple of those guys, um, and he didn't. And I think there was some disappointment there. And you got to you got to remember this is right after twenty minutes. Web, you know, yeah. Webb fell. Right. And, I mean, everybody was. In a in a state of you know just what the hell just well, happened. Roger's probably doing some interviews. <laughs> Roger's on the six o'clock news at that point. But um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, I, I yeah. We uh, but me me personally, yeah. I think Amar did just fine. He beat yeah. two teams beat us, and on paper, I, I don't in my heart, I don't believe those teams beat us. Uh-huh. In air quotes around beat us. But on paper, two teams beat us, yep. and Alex beat both of their riders in both motos. So, uh, what else do you want? You yeah, know, I, I think that's good enough. I read your column on on Racer X, JT uh, breakdown. What is that? What's called breakdown? Uh, sure. yep. You you didn't get as much heat as I thought. You basically said in your column, "I don't feel like we got beat. Suck it." That is basically kind of how I took away from it. You know, like, mm-hmm. and I f- expected the comments from other countries to just rip into you, and no one really did. So, I don't really feel. Yeah, I mean, we got beat. On paper, I, I get it. We lost the race again. But my point really was more in 2015, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2014, absolutely. 2013, yeah, maybe not quite as bad. 2012, absolutely. We got beat. I mean, just straight up beat. No matter what, who's counting, who's watching. If if Weege's wife is watching, she knows we got beat. Uh, but this year, I just didn't the feel Japanese, that way. The Japanese I didn't, wife? I didn't feel that we were just outclassed. My, on my Japanese wife, yeah. Your Japanese wife, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't have that, that feeling leaving there. So that was really more the point of it is for the first year in a long time, I felt like we were as good or better than everyone that rode on, on Sunday. And it didn't pan out. I get that. I, I understand that you have to put everything together to win. But the riding itself was the best it's been since maybe 2011. Hmm. Um, but Amart's first ride... First moto ride, fantastic. If you rank yeah. if you rank Team USA rides at uh, in Majoria, uh, Anderson wins with his ride, 
And yep. Amart's first moto was second, probably better than both of Coop's motos. Oh, without a doubt, yep. it was. Yep. Without a doubt. It was, so it was a great ride. And then maybe Alex's second, no, Alex's other moto would be fourth, and then Cooper's last moto would be the last, the worst ride of the, of the weekend. But um, yeah, Webb Web really had a bad day, man. When you did, really yeah. look at, or bad weekend. When you really look at his overall weekend, all the practice sessions, uh, all the races, the yeah. qualifying, both motos, he was never with it. I mean, he was never, he never even put in a, an elite level lap. Nope with with those guys all weekend not saturday not sunday not practice not qualifying not racing uh he never really had it i mean stribos rode away from him you know he was like fifth and fifth in time practices you know we, trust me that's a lot better than i could ever do but i'm talking about cooper's level yeah. you know that he's capable of i mean just look back at charlotte you know that's what he's capable of and and he did not have that last weekend yeah yeah interesting um usa we usa is just I mean, at this event, five years in a row now, um, although you could make a case that we haven't sent our best team for a few of those five years, but USA is just like every other country at this race now. It is not the 86 years, which we'll get to in a second, but they they have to ride well, feeling good that weekend, have some breaks to win this thing. That's the way it is now, and that's the way, outside of being on a USA track, I feel it will always be, or not. I guess I shouldn't say always. It's a little strong statement, but that's where we're at in this event. I really feel like that. Yeah, we discussed that quite a bit in the past, and especially more so, I think, in those years where I said they just got outridden. Um, I think last year was a massive step in the right direction. I actually think they rode better last year, but France was phenomenally better. It's one thing to remember this year. Key thing is that France won with 14 points last year, and this year they won with 29. It's the highest score ever. No team was really on it this year. Like, Febvre was good, but I don't yeah. think he was as good as he was last year. Pollen was good in the first moto. He made some passes when he needed to at the end, but the, his second moto there, I was shocked. I was just waiting oh, every lap like the 12th. When's he going to move Dude, up? Dude, don't worry really about it. Did. He was coming up. His lap times were great. He was coming. Don't who was Fabra? Paul? No, Paul. Oh, Paul. I thought you said. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you said Fabra. Yeah, Paul Lynn was just okay. He was yeah. average. Well, and I'm saying Fabra. I don't think was quite as good as he was last year. Paul mm-hmm. was worse. No, he was. And we all knew that the Patrell thing was a potential weak link. It's like, man, if they don't win, they're going to get heat on not picking Moosecan again. And they managed to pull it out. But dude, he didn't. I mean, Amar got him both times. Like started behind him, meet him. Um, that was that was big. Like that practically cost him. You know, I think you could say that Febber maybe edges Webb and maybe Anderson edges um, Paul in, and then it's down to the 250th guy, and, and Amart was better. So that that really hurt them. I mean, dude, again, if they had had Moosecan on a 250F, I don't even think this is even a conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, Belgium <clears throat> lost to Saul, which is huge. So I think every team was struggling in a way. Um, yeah. Webb, for whatever reason, yeah, I don't think he was quite as good as he was last year. So it was just a weird, weird year, which I don't know if that makes it more painful or not. It was kind of like, man, the other teams, France gave no one a chance last year. They just were too yeah. good. Yeah. It was impossible to beat them. This year, everybody left the door open. We all thought that going in, right? Oh, these injuries. It's really lining up for Team USA. And it did, actually, and they could have, should have won. But it slipped away still, so that's that kind of sucks. This is the opportunity they were looking for. Um, a minute, Wygant, you had no idea who 112 on a KTM was. Oh, no idea. No. Killing it. No. Tenth place Even, for Canada. Yeah, and each time 
Like, what? Was he running an overboard? Like, what was the deal? <laughs> Dude. I, he surprised the crap out of me, Kevin Benoit. Uh, he rode well. He rode very well. Um, like, legitimately good lap times, not just good starts, though. He got good starts, but not just good starts and going backwards. Like, if you look at if you look at how he rode at Indiana, it shouldn't be that surprising. It was surprising. I was with you on that. But he rode great at Indiana against yeah same level of dudes. Yep. 10th um, place for Canada. You guys can no longer mock me. I mean, 10th I mean, is... I can because how excited you are about 10th place. It's just 10th is in the business. 10th is in the mix, you know? We've, we've never been in the mix. We're in the B main. We're 17th, 16th in the, in the, in the A main. So, um, yeah, it was no, good. 10th is really, is really respectable. It really is. Like, would you, would you put any... I mean, is that... Like, can you possibly say we should do better than that? Those assholes from Australia are only, like, two spots in front of us. You know? <laughs> yeah, but that team, as we've been saying, it's not your father's Australian team. No, anymore. yeah, they, they definitely. They're, they're, they're too they were really good, though. If, you, if they would have had a world-class level MX2 rider, yeah. or even a, a yeah. GP level yeah. MX2 guy, they're in the mix. Yeah, they were hurt. I mean, the kid was, what, 16? He's just 17? He's his first. Yeah, well, he was the under-19 champ, but he's. He was not. He was not on the level with those guys no. to be legit. Yeah, Ferris was good. Ferris was good. Yep. Waters too. Yep. Um. Hey. So before we wrap this up, MotorcycleSuperstore.com Racer X podcast uh, presented by Fox Racing. And uh, oh yeah, I got to put a commercial in here too at some point. So I didn't say the commercial. So Michelin Starcross Five, brand new tire. You already heard it though a while back. And then also to Race Tech suspension. Pulpamex sixteen is the code at Race Tech to uh, save yourself money with any kind of suspension service or motor service that you need from those guys. Um, I thought it was awesome, Wygant, that uh, Ustream, uh, the track promoters, uh, Stefano and uh, I forget, Paulo, I think was the other guy's name, um, Giuseppe, whoever it was that brought Osho, the bad boy, and the little professor back to the race. Um, they were fed it all weekend long. They were driven around in a truck. Um, they were on TV. They were getting, I mean, they were everywhere, it seemed like. And, and nice work by those guys to bring those guys back. That's awesome. This brings me full circle um, to where we started this conversation on the Glen Helen no longer having the event. Why is it that these, I mean, these are, when, when you're going to these tracks, I mean, you guys went to the one last year and this year, for example, these are not palaces. You know what I mean? These are not, you know, MotoGP facilities. These are, these are just motocross tracks. Why are they able to no problem foot the bill? I mean, Matterly Basin is now going to have two of these in an 11-year span, and it hasn't run them out of business. Why? We hear these epic stories of Colorado lost money. You know, Jonathan Beasley has practically lost everything because he gambled and had the donations once with a massive crowd, and it still was a money loser. Why can they do all this stuff over there? And it works fine. It doesn't bankrupt the tracks. They're good. Is there a huge difference in the crowd? or is There is a difference in the crowd. I mean, Colorado was good, but uh, the, 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 the MXDNs, well, Latvia wasn't packed, though, JT. But, every, every, oh, but there's also a, a million-dollar-plus appropriation from the government, from what I know. For Latvia? Uh, that helps. For Latvia, there is? Oh, yeah. I didn't Thank know Latvia you. was one of them, yeah. Yeah. That's the point I'm trying to get at here. Is there a tourism department or, or sporting organization that maybe is helping some of these events uh, succeed where these United States ones are, I guess, perennial money losers? 
How are you talking this? How are you turning a Dream Team 86 into this? Where are you going with this? Why are you talking shit on RJ and Bailey and Osho? Uh, I'm not really talking either direction on them. I'm just saying like oh, okay. they're able to do all this great stuff and make these events awesome and not lose money. Um, what is the difference? Is that it? Is it? Wow. Or does the promoter put some of the bill for you know 90% of the teams that they come overseas and only one is local? Like That's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't know. Good luck with that. Yeah. yeah. But there was there's okay. more spectators outside of Latvia, uh Italy, France, uh Lomo, Germany, more spectators at all of those destinations in my opinion than there were in Colorado. Um which equals more money. Bud's Creek yeah. though was on the level of a, of a European destinations if I remember right, you know. JT? From what I saw. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. What's that? Age? From what I saw it was. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um yeah. So you don't you know, want awesome to bring those guys out. Absolutely. And oh. I think it was really cool that they were respectful enough to, I mean, you would think that that team would be considered hated. I mean, they spanked everybody and they're, they're from America. They're not. So the they're they were celebrating yeah. that. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Italy got second in that race and Rinaldi told RJ that they were just all participants that day. They were not there to race and, <laughs> and they got second. Um, yeah. How was RJ on, on the, on the shows? Cause RJ can, he can turn up the RJ. Yeah, it was good. RJ just doesn't, I mean, RJ told me how ADD is, and you see it when he's on there. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just going to hit on every topic. If it comes to his mind, it's coming out. So it was hilarious yeah. when he said, oh, it was great. We did this victory lap. You know, me and you, Fro, we were out there, got to, you know, get the crowd. And he's like, I really wish Brock Lover could have been out there, but I know it's because he's a Dunlop guy, and they wouldn't let him do it. And I was like, wait, what? He just <laughs> he just said it? We gotta get he to the just bo- said Brock Lover wasn't allowed out there because he works for Dunlop. we got to get to the bottom of that. Is, uh, how do you not let Brock out there? Let Brock ride. Let, let him <laughs> yeah, buy. Hilarious. Let Brock buy. Let him buy. Let him, let him do all that. Um, uh, and by the way, too, Team USA, they had sweet-ass 86 Hondas there for O'Mara and Johnson to ride. And those guys, and, uh, and RJ said, if Bailey can't ride, if, if David can't ride, we're not riding. And, the two, and the, so the two climbed into the truck with, with, with David. So that was a really nice gesture. Um, yeah. yeah, that was cool. RJ, I'll ride a KTM with number five oh, on it. RJ. I'm trying to block <laughs> that out of my mind. I totally wrote that away from my, my, my mind. Um, but great job. Totally to bring something the... I would do. What's that? That's something I would do. It would be, yeah. Yeah, if you had some retro race, JT, you'd be, and they were like, hey, we got your gear from the Anaheim race that you won, JT. You'd be like, nah, I'm going to fly. Nah, nah. Yep. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Right, right. Um, so good job to, to, for those guys to be out there. It was awesome. They were they were pumped, man. They were they were happy to be there and everything else. And and yeah, it is funny, like hey, let's celebrate the American teams just absolutely kicking everyone's ass in Europe, you know? So Yeah. Um I thought that was pretty funny. That's cool. Um all right. So anything else, does nations wise? And we we can't really talk about yeah, our trip. Year. We can't really talk about our trip at all because we got there Friday, we went to the track. Got our passes, hung out. We were both JT and I were jet lagged. We didn't do much. We ate at the hotel restaurant uh, two out of the three nights. It's, JT, this was about as like a least uh, European experience trip I think I've ever been on. This, yeah, it was the smallest amount of culture I've ever got. Whether whether we were in uh, Majoria or St. Louis, it's about the same. Yep. Hotel track, hotel restaurant. So, um, yep. It wasn't anything that great. Uh, Johnny Knowles was there, though, uh, Weege, and he was in f- fine form. Fine form. <laughs> uh, how about the fact that Knowles <clears throat> texts you after the third moto of a race he was there for? Hey, 
Why'd Webb get 10th in the last moto? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had already left. Don't worry. Yeah. He, he had left. He had left, yeah. Oh, no. He left during the day. Yeah. I got my goggles built. I got to go back. No, no. He had no goggles built outside of Tonus. And then he said, <laughs> he said after Saturday that he said, yo, Tonus, how's everything? And he said that it looked like Tonus was going to make a request or complain, one of the two, and thought and, and thought he knew better than to upset Knowles. And so he said, I'm good. <laughs> wow. Knowles has this guy like trained like dogs. Like, <laughs> like a, you know, when you have the silent whistle. Uh, Knowles said he knew better because I was just here to hang out. He knew better than to ask me to do anything. <laughs> well, to quote Knowles, he was like, I'm not waiting here and then trying to battle all these idiots to leave here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, That's great. Johnny Knowles, folks. And uh, Johnny Knowles, everybody from Scott. Uh, and then, yeah, it was uh, another weekend where JT and I probably saw four or five people in Team USA shirts that we had no idea who they were. No idea. None. <laughs> Never seen them before. Zero. I don't know if they were family, a family or something, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. All right, uh, congrats to France. Great job, guys. JT, right? Great job, France. Yeah, they, they killed it. And Dutch, the Dutch. I forgot I lost 100 bucks to Reedy because I bet him the Swiss would, would beat the Dutch. I forgot that Koldenhoff was been good lately. My bad. Swiss were good, though. Tonus, Sewer, yeah. and uh, Giot. Giot broke his finger or whatever uh, on Saturday. So, um, What else? Uh, Canada got 10th. That was awesome. Kevin Benoit on the world stage. Um, that's it, I guess, right? You guys, we, we, we're done. See you next year. Glenn Helen, here we come, USA. <laughs> <laughs> MotorcycleSuperstore.com, RacerX Podcast, presented by Fox. PB-Pulp16 is the code. Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas, uh, thanks, guys, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll reconvene here in a little while. Thanks, boys. See you. See you. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, 
I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled the pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years go.